This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello, everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And this is not a fun one. This is this is an unhappy subject, but it's a necessary one. It's an unhappy subject in an unhappy time of the year. It has rained all week. I am so sick of the gray weather. And then I look online, and all I see is really grim stuff. But you know how? We've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about what all of us are seeing everywhere, what happened with Larry Nasser and the kids mm-hmm. at USA <clears throat> Gymnastics and Michigan State University. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about this because kids are at risk. Our kids are at risk. And th- this case in particular, it, it kind of, um, it kind of turns some of the conventions on its ear. You well, know, some yeah, of the things, some of the, the people that we carve out, areas of trust for he violated he violated all of those rules well, you so, know, one of the common things to say to your kids is mm-hmm. no one can touch you in those areas except your they, parents are a doctor and what if something like this if, if you've been avoiding this story and i yeah, certainly if, can understand if it. you were hiding under a rock or you've been <clears throat> You've um, been, you've been, you just explore, saw the, exploring the outback or something or if you or if you've seen the headlines and thought I cannot deal with this today, not in this weather, not with my flu, not with the kids sick. I just can't handle it. Here's, here's just a real brief synopsis, okay? Just in the past couple of weeks, the former medical coordinator for USA Gymnastics, which is the, they are the oversight agency for the Olympics team and, you know, for the whole gymnastics um, sport, uh, the medical coordinator for US, USA Gymnastics and also the team physician for Michigan State University received a sentence of up to 175 years for sexually abusing children and young athletes over a period of 20 years. Well, he <clears throat> already confessed to federal child pornography charges. Right. After the FBI found 37,000 images and videos on his computer. Yep. And so, he was sentenced to 60 years on those charges. Yep. And then just yesterday, February 5th, in a third courtroom, he was sentenced to an additional sentence of at least 40 and up to 125 more years on more charges. And so if he serves all of these sentences one after another, he's going to be in prison for 360 years. Well, clearly he'll be facing a higher court before then, and he ought to. But, you know, what I found most compelling about this, Hal, was actually listening to the victim impact statements. I could not really bring myself to to go down that path. What did you hear? Well, I I thought it was really important because over 150 women and girls testified. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to hear it to think, how can we learn from their experiences to know how to better protect our children? You know, I'm not saying their parents didn't protect them either because... This evil man committed these crimes, sometimes with the parents in the room, but using his body to hide what he was doing from the parents. And I know you're wondering how in the world, but, you know, if you tell, if you say doctorly things Mm -hmm. and the parents can't see what's going on and you say, oh, I'm going to touch you here. It's going to be uncomfortable. How many times have we all heard that? And a child doesn't know 
Mm -hmm. what he should or shouldn't be doing. Well, they're used to doctors doing uncomfortable, awkward, embarrassing things. I mean, that's kind of medical appointments tend to be that way. And, you know, I saw one person saying, well, how do we know that these weren't proper medical procedures? But, you know, one of several of the women who um, who testified, mm-hmm. their medical records didn't show that he was that he had done any pelvic floor floor treatment at all. Uh-huh. And so if it was legitimate, why wasn't he putting it in their records? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, he's confessed to crimes against girls as young as 13, mm-hmm. some as little, as young as five. You know, what is really upsetting is that many of these victims came forward. They did report it. They did go to somebody in authority. They went to other, you know, staff members of the of the the medical team. They went to administrators at the university or leadership at at a, at USM Gymnastics. One of the, you know, what one of the women who came forward is an Olympic medalist, and she said that she was paid something like one and a quarter million dollars by USA Gymnastics. Just to hush up, not wow. not to talk about it. Don't don't bring this out. It's you know just 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 let this drop. And here's some hush money. Well, you know what is, and even there was an instance where a girl told her parents, mm-hmm. and her parents went to a counselor mm-hmm. and confronted Larry Nasser, mm-hmm. and he so convincingly lied that they believed that she was lying all mm-hmm. through her teenage years until it came out, all this came out, yeah. and then her father out of shame committed suicide because he'd never believed her. Oy. You know, <coughs> these tragedies mm. are heartbreaking. What is more heartbreaking to me, though, Hal, mm-hmm. is we're hearing about this all over the place. With the rate of child molestation has skyrocketed, since internet porn has become so common. We've mm-hmm. talked about that addiction cycle. Right. You know, that you watch some of it and your body produces dopamine and you watch more of it mm-hmm. to get the same thrill because your dopamine receptors start sh- shutting down and pretty soon you're you're full-blown addicted to it. And the kind of just the the brazen behavior that was exhibited by this doctor. I mean, the kind of things he did in the context, the location, even under the eyes of other people, that is so typical of the behavior of somebody who has totally gone down that path. You know, I always come back to that illustration that somebody said that a federal agency had an investigation because they had detected that employees were using the government computers to access pornography online. And when the inspector general was giving his report to the department head, they realized that the department head was sitting there watching pornographic videos while the investigator was was giving the report. Wow! And and that kind of thing that when they are so it's far like down the road, it's like a drug addict or an alcoholic. It's just like a drug addict. So I, I don't care anymore. I've got no dignity. I have no restraint. I am totally imprisoned by this. And and so yeah, I mean, this is something we have to talk about it because it's it is a problem. It is it is has been a growing problem for some time, and. You know, it, we're in a climate right now. We're in a situation where the doors are open for people to come forward. And we're hearing a lot of these stories now that are coming forward to people in authority, you know, people in whether in business or entertainment or here in sports medicine. Um, but they're not things that happened last week. They're things that have been going on for years and years and years. And so 
I think we're going to hear more of this. I don't think we're, I don't think it's going to die down. I think we're going to hear more of it, but it's just this particular case is so over the top, so horrifying that, you know, it really does compel us. Let's talk about it some. Let's say, well, okay, what can we learn from this? Well, I want to, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I mean, just what, I mean, you look at these bad things, not to, you know, not to roll around in the bad smell, but just to say, well, what can we learn? I mean, there's such depravity on display, and we know he can't be the only person that's doing this kind of thing. So what can we as as parents, as Christians, as counselors of one sort or another, what can we do? What can we learn from this situation to try to make it better or at least safer for those in our care? I want to say something first, though. There is a chance that someone who is being tempted <clears throat> mm-hmm. to do this, mm-hmm. to commit abuse against children, is mm-hmm. listening to this because... Someone in one of my women's groups spoke up the other day, and her husband's been in jail for seven years now for abusing their children. Mm. And so if you're listening to this and you're tempted to to take advantage of children that you know, let me tell you something. The Bible has a few words for you. It says Mm. you can be sure your sin will find you out. You will get caught. If you die without being caught, you will be caught. (laughs) Right. You will stand before God and... Jesus said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. That's some pretty harsh words from the Lord. You you have to take that seriously. You you really just, you need to wake up and realize that if that applies to you, this is your chance. You know, we've, we've been studying in our family devotions, we've been reading through 1 Samuel, and when you see multiple very dire, serious warnings that were given to Eli about the state of his family and the state of his ministry. And he never turned around from it. He never backed away. He didn't take it. Well, you know what? The wake-up call's here. And there is hope. There is restoration if and forgiveness. Following the repentance, following the turning around from it, going to Christ and asking forgiveness and asking for strength to overcome this. But it's not just going to happen. No. If you're watching stuff online that you shouldn't be, mm-hmm. repent. Repent. Confess it to your wife, to your pastor, to the mm-hmm. police if you need to. But stop yourself from sinning. We because, got, go ahead. Because it's not going to get any better from here. Look, we've got a lot of resources we're going to recommend at the end of the program, so stick with us. But we got some some things that can really help you out with this and can help you if you are counseling or helping somebody who's struggling with these things. Okay, so... So where do we go? All right. Well, first of all, as you say, yeah, recognize that that your sin will will find you out. Now let's talk to the parents because mm-hmm. when I read this stuff, I was mm-hmm. I was stunned at how brazen this guy was. Right. But I remember reading there's a blog somewhere online mm-hmm. written by a woman who was married to a pedophile yeah. for like forty years and she didn't realize it. Ooh. And. As, married to him and married didn't realize to him, it. Didn't realize it. Wow. After he was convicted, <laughs> she went back and basically tells their whole story and, and identifies all the red flags she missed. Now, it's an upsetting read, and it's very long. Wow. But it, w- it really opened my eyes that there's some things that you need to understand in order to protect your children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, all right. for one thing, 
this really should tell you, tell you, you just cannot be too careful. You know, I, we had a, we set a policy early on. I mean, even when it was just you and me as, as newlyweds, we set a policy that, Hey, we're not going to put somebody under our care out there to defend themselves. I mean, I'm going to go in there with you for doctor's appointments. We're going to go in with our children. We're not going to let, you know, a medical professional tell us, Hey, you know, we prefer that the parents not be in the room when we're treating the child. You know what? We prefer to find another medical provider. There. Well, I don't know if you remember what prompted that, but I do. Because when we were, <clears throat> we mm-hmm. you used to be in the military. We were stationed yep. on a base. Yep. And there was a doctor on base. And mm-hmm. whatever you went in with, whatever yep. complaint you did, right. you had, he did a pelvic exam. Yeah. I remember that. Dr. Pelvic is what the women called him. I remember and that. I told you how uncomfortable I was with him. Yep. And because see, when you're on base, you can't decide what doctor you see. You just no, get you assigned. Just, you get assigned. Yeah. And we decided that you would go to the doctor with me. And funny, he somehow didn't find reasons to do pelvic exams when you were there. <clears throat> well, I, I remember we've, we've, you know, we've had medical professionals that like dentists, I recall that said, well, you know, it upsets the child for the parent to be there. So, well, I'm sorry to upsets the parent not to be with the child. Yeah. That's, so we're not going to do gonna that. happen here. Sorry. And so, yeah, you can't be too careful, but you can't be everywhere and see everything. Just like because they know, were in the room with him, they were I mean, in the room with him, and and see, that's just that demonic level of deceit that yeah. he he knew that if he could prevent the parent from seeing what was going on, that the child would think it was okay because the parent was there. Yeah, and, and so you know that <clears throat> takeaway from that is simply. You just the fact that you're there is not enough, right? I mean, it is just not. Maybe maybe once upon a time it was, but now it's not. The culture's changed, and you know to say that to say, well, I'm over there, but I'm not. You know, I'm fiddling with my phone or I'm reading a magazine or something, and I'm just listening. If there's any squawk, that's not going to do it. You just may not, not know enough to squawk. Yeah, and that's not going to that's not going to protect. And so you you do need to be. You, know, you don't have to be. You know harsh and confrontational, you just position yourself to see what's going on. And, you know, listen to your gut. You know, sometimes you just think something is off. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I remember um, one of my friends, Mm -hmm. there was someone in their extended circle that she just felt very uneasy around. Uh Uh-huh. And so she she told everybody in their circle, I don't want my child alone with this person. Mm-hmm. But they, someone allowed him to be alone with him, and sure enough, he was abused. Wow. You know, listen to your gut and do what it takes to, mm-hmm. to keep your child out of that stuff. Like another mm-hmm. situation, right. one of my friends said um, they were visiting with another family, right. and there was a man living in their basement. Okay, they had a border. Um, they had a rumor, border, whatever. Rumor. Yeah. And she allowed the kids to go downstairs just to pick up a bin of toys and bring them up. So you're talking a 30 second they period. Were, they were gone about two minutes. And in that time, yeah. that man showed her son a, a pornographic movie. You know, how sick is that? Just to, just to like grab a child in mid run and say, hey, stop. Let me, let me show you a dirty movie on my phone. Because these people enjoy the thrill, they enjoy the dangerousness wow. of it. Wow. They enjoy the, the chance of getting caught. Some of them probably want to get caught. Now, <coughs> is it time for us to take a break? Uh, you know, I was I thought we had so many things to talk about for recommendations that we might just save all of that for the end because I really think people ought to listen through this. Okay. You think? 
All right. I think this is, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's just press on with this. You know, one of the things that, one of the things that kind of comes up is that you've heard people talk about the grooming process, that people who are really into this abusive lifestyle very carefully will select their targets and they they don't just grab them off the street. I mean, there's somebody that they build a relationship with, they build some trust with, and they work their way into their confidence. And yes. um, that that kind of thing, you know what, that kind of thing can happen and, and the victim is groomed, but also the people around are being groomed. Yes, okay, the parents so are being groomed so, as well. So you might, you might find that, a, that an abusive person will try a little bit of something edgy, will we'll push the boundary a little bit to see if you react, to see if you're watching, to see if you, you respond in some way. You know, we have to be, we have to get over this idea that the person who will abuse our child is the weirdo stranger in a trench coat. Because we've got to realize that in most cases, these are people who have very carefully cultivated Mm-hmm. being a friendly, normal-looking person. Yeah. And, you know, one of the moms in one of my groups online, they had a mm-hmm. gathering of Christians over at their house. Right. Of church members. Mm-hmm. And her daughter, who is maybe 13 or 14, right. came up to her later, and she and she said, you know, something made me, that happened tonight that just came kind of made me feel funny. Mm-hmm. And one of the men present yeah. had brushed against her breast. Mm-hmm. And she said she just didn't feel like something just made her feel funny about well, it. Maybe that wasn't an accident. Right. And that should have set off all sorts of alarm bells. Oh, yes. And the dad went and confronted him. And the guy just was like, oh, goodness, I didn't even notice. I'm so sorry. And, mm-hmm. you know, he played it off. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes. If, if you, if there's these things that might have been an accident and might not have, mm-hmm. you better have your radar the, on full all, force. All the feelers up and yeah. yeah, I mean, be, be very cautious on this. You know, another thing too, I mean, and I think, I think we here in the South have this thing about being rude about, you know, we want to be very courteous and genteel and, and, and gracious people. And, and you know, good-natured people all over are like that. They they don't want to they don't want to be obnoxious. They want to be rude or accuse. But you know what? There there's times when you have to just when you have to just say, hey, I'm I'm getting out of this situation. And if they if somebody ruffles up and gets offended, then you just have to say, I'm sorry, I, I've got to go. And and I've and offended leave. people with this. Yeah, I have offended people we knew really well. Mm-hmm. I've offended doctors. Mm-hmm. Where when I just said, you know. I'm just not comfortable leaving alone. I'd like to be here. Mm-hmm. Or I remember one time giving my child very strict instructions. They were mm-hmm. sleeping away from me mm-hmm. and saying, you know, if you feel in the slightest bit uncomfortable, you come get me right away. Yeah. If anything doesn't feel right, feel free to holler for me. I'll come. Yeah. And the person they were going with got pretty offended. But, you know, I don't care. Well, I mean, you think about it, somebody like this, like this doctor you know, his response is going to be, you know, they call it gaslighting, you know, yes. turn around and make it sound like you've got a problem that you're, yes. you're a suspicious. Rude you've got a dirty mind. You've yeah. got a, You've got a dirt. Well, you know what? Um, maybe I'm not the only one. Yeah. 
That's right. Maybe that makes two of us then, doesn't it? <laughs> That's right. Okay. And we so understand each other. Don't be afraid if your child's with a doctor to get up and walk around where you can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to say, is someone going to be supervising the children at all times? Mm-hmm. Or is there going to be more than one person? Don't be afraid yeah. to ask if you're leaving your child at a class, are adults allowed to go alone with the, to the bathroom with kids? That should not happen. Mm. It should be two adults at all times. Right. You know, and so don't be afraid to ask those questions. You know mm-hmm. what? They think you're rude. So what? I'd rather be rude than wrong in this area. Yeah. And also, here's the here's the real deal. Yeah. I don't think people are going to be taking it or going to be offended by it after all this that's been going on. Because and, and a, do- a doctor who doesn't <clears throat> want a, a, someone else in the room with the child is just asking for trouble right now. Well, and, and that's something I'm I'm reading some things that there's people saying, oh, there's a backlash to the hashtag Me Too movement now that businesses are clamping down on people traveling together. And, you know, and, well, you know what? Maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah, really. To say, hey, you know what? Let's leave a door open. Let's make sure that we're in groups, that we're yes. not just a couple because... Who knows what could be said or what accusations might be made. Yeah, it protects everybody. And so if you it are It protects taking, against trouble happening and it protects yeah. against false accusations. And so that, you know, take that into account to say, hey, you know, if I'm if I'm supervising and if I'm supervising a, a doctor or a dentist or something and they're and they're offended by that, you know what? I might be keeping them out of sin. Yeah. You know, maybe this is one sin that they won't actually commit. And and that will that will be less bad for them. I don't know, but anyway, that's that's the thing. You know, we need to we need to be sure that we're we're doing what we need to with the people that we are most responsible for, and that's going to be our children. And that's going to be our mates. Okay, this is really important. Mm-hmm. Listen and take your kids seriously. Yeah, if they express discomfort or concern with you, to you, don't blow it off, even if they don't. You know, I think it's important to remember that sometimes kids can float a trial balloon. You know, they, these, when a child's abused, lots of times they feel guilty. They feel like they should have stopped it or that they did something wrong or that it's their fault. Maybe they disobeyed a parent in staying with someone they shouldn't have or whatever. Well, we just heard we somebody was just sharing that story from their own family recently. Somebody we were talking with, and they said, "Yeah, you know, the son, the child, obviously something was bothering the child." And then he kind of came and he, and and he apologized like he had done something, like he had broken a rule, and and it was almost well. They realized in retrospect that was a test because they yes. didn't they didn't go off the handle. They you know they didn't freak out. They they listened to him and they reassured them. Well, you didn't do anything wrong, or or maybe they broke a rule or something, but they didn't overdo it. So that that child felt like, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to tell them what really happened. I'm going to tell them the whole story now because I think I can trust them. And so, yeah. Well, you know, know, like, Mm -hmm. I want to give a a really precise example so people can understand this. Okay. A child has been abused by a, a young man. Okay. He feels guilty. He feels sick. He doesn't know why he feels this way uh-huh. he wants help but he's afraid that maybe he you know he doesn't even really understand what happened yeah so he came to his parents this is a true story he came to his yeah. parents he said well such and such mm-hmm. got alone with me mm-hmm. and 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 he he tickled me and and i'm sorry i, I shouldn't have been 
I shouldn't have been where I was. And the yeah, parents... That sounds a little weird. Well, it does. And the parents didn't get it intentionally, but initially, but they were like, okay, so why does it bother you that you were alone with him? You know, and they, they just asked him questions. Yeah. They were accepting. Well, come to find out the child had been abused uh-huh. pretty badly. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. he was afraid to say anything initially, so he just floats this trial balloon, this... This is, you know, something happened, and he and he picks something pretty minor to see how they're going to react. Yeah. Then when he realized he was safe, he told the whole story. You know, I, I think back my own childhood. This this is an example. Kids don't have any perspective. No. They really don't, and even when they desperately wish they did, because I remember. All right, here's here's a story. This is not about abuse, but nobody ever told me about twelve year molars. Okay, and so I got to a certain age, I'm in like, you know, fifth or sixth grade or something like that, and I start losing these big teeth. And I'm thinking, all of my teeth are going to fall out of my mouth. Now, did I go to my parents and say, Mom, Dad, help me, I'm losing my teeth? No. Did I say, gee, I need to see a dentist, there could be something wrong? No, I was just terrified. Because I thought, if the dentist finds out, he'll pull the rest of them. Wow. That that, that makes no sense. Absolutely. But you know what? For like six months, I was like in pure terror about this until, you know, time for my appointment. And I felt like, okay, I'm just going to my death now. And the doctor, you know, the dentist is poking around. He says, oh, I see 12 year molars coming in, blah, 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 blah. I was like, that's it? That's all? It's not, it's not, I mean, you know, because I had no perspective. I had no experience. And I was afraid to ask and I was afraid to tell. And, you know. And when a child, Typically, when a child feels yucky and, you know, awful and shamed, it's because they did something wrong. And so lots of times, if a child's been through something like this, they may feel that way. And they may focus on what they did wrong when they first approach their parents, not what the other person did wrong. Because so frequently shouldn't have been in this place or maybe they, you know, whatever they may feel like Mm. it's their fault and they may apologize for that. Because usually these are people who are in a position of trust and the child has been told, this is a good person. You are safe with this person. You can trust this person. If the child feels defiled in some way, Hey, I'm I'm a child. I'm used to being in trouble. It must be my fault. It must be me. They don't realize that maybe, I know, well, but That's the tragedy of it, but it is, that these is people the reality. Are master manipulators, yeah, and they try to make the child feel like it's their fault, yeah. And you know, we've got to realize that. So listen and take them seriously. Now, mm-hmm. that's the the extreme case, but there are minor cases too. Sometimes your child just doesn't want to kiss somebody. They don't want to sit in somebody's lap. They don't want to hug somebody. You know what? Don't make them. Really, and, and you know, if 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 it offends somebody, you can just laugh it off and say, "Hey, you know, kids are weird." Yeah, maybe it's, maybe they're going through a phase. Just be patient with them, and, and just don't you don't have to make a big deal about it. But listen to your child and do the right thing for your child. And if that means that you have to leave a club you're used to being in or mm-hmm. whatever, do what it takes to protect your child. You know what? Keep them safe. Also, listen to your own misgivings. Uh-huh. You may not have a strong enough you may not have enough knowledge to get somebody in trouble or make an accusation right but if there's a catch in your spirit don't do it if somebody says oh i'll take them home and you feel that tightening in your stomach just don't do it you know can i interject something here this this is actually related 
we need to give the same to our mate. Yes. Because you know what? I'm a man. And there are times, there have been times when I have been in a situation, a coworker or a social engagement or something, and something has gone off in my head that says, that woman is a dangerous person and you need to stay away. Yeah. And it may be somebody that you can't, you know, you can't just walk out and slam the door because you work with them or whatever, but you you have to say, I am not comfortable with this person and I've got my guard way up. And you need to be able to tell that to your mate and, and explain it and say, look, you know, I can't really explain and there's nothing going on, but would you just understand that I can't socialize with this person or we're yeah. not going to hang around with them? And you know what, husbands, you got to give that to your wives. Your wives say, hey, you know what, you, you may be able to work with this guy and he may be fine, but he gives me the creeps. Okay, that don't force that. Yeah. Take it, take it as written. Okay. Let's talk. I know we're running out of time. We may run a few minutes over, but this is an important thing. This is very important. Let's talk about how to talk to your children to help protect them from predators. First of all, you've got to give your kids practical boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know what? We had this talk again with our children the other day. Right. No one is allowed to see you, touch you, or take pictures of you Mm -hmm. in the area covered by your bathing suit. And that works for boys and girls, doesn't it? Boys and girls. And you are not allowed to see, touch, or take pictures of someone, or look at pictures of someone else mm-hmm. with those areas uncovered. Mm-hmm. And if you, if anyone tries to get you to do that, go to the nearest adult and ask for help. Say no. Kick, scream, poke, poke them in the eyes, whatever you have to do. But tell the nearest adult, it's you know, you need to get help. And, and that is so basic, you know. If you could, if you could just keep to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you were just if you were just able to do that one hundred percent of the time, that would that would help so much trouble. We also need to teach our kids to look for red flags. If someone right. says to you, mm-hmm. "Don't tell your parents," that's a huge red flag. Kids should not have secrets from their parents. Mm-hmm. Right. And so right. we tell our kids: if someone says, "Don't tell your parents," go tell your parents. We also say if they threaten you in some way, if yes. they say, I'm going to hurt your dog or I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll hurt your little sister or something like that. That should be all the red flags and alarm horns blaring to say, yes. I'm going to go get help immediately because this person, you know, this person is, reality is, and this is what we tell our children, reality is people that pick on children are, are people who are cowards at heart. They are, they are not dangerous in that sense that they're likely to be gangsters or something. But, but the fact is you do need to get help. You do need to stay away. You do need to uh, let somebody know, Hey, there's, there's threats being made. Well, I remember years ago reading the story of a young, of a boy who'd been kidnapped Mm -hmm. and held for years and he had access to the internet and everything, but he never contacted his parents, even Mm -hmm. though records show that he went to the website where they were looking for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And they asked him why, and he said, well, he t- he told me that if I contacted my parents, he would track them down and kill them. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to protect my mommy and daddy. Wow. And so we've got to tell our kids, if someone threatens you, yeah. don't you need to come don't tell hesitate. us. Don't hesitate to tell us. We will protect you, and we can protect ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. And we need to tell our kids, you know what? It's okay to say no. If anybody tries to do to tries to get you to do something mm-hmm. that doesn't feel right, just tell them no mm-hmm. and come to your parents because we'll take care of you and we'll defend you. Yeah. You know, 
when I was a kid, we made a big deal about stranger danger. You know, don't talk to somebody who yeah, don't take candy from strangers. strangers you know, don't you know, talk to someone who stops a car. And our kids need to know that. But most sexual abuse happens by someone familiar to them, and sadly, yeah, more and more of it is happening by other children. Yeah, maybe a child who's just slightly older. A, one mom told us at a conference mm-hmm. that her six-year-old had been pretty drastically abused mm-hmm. by a ten-year-old neighbor. You I, know, you know what? I knew some young people growing up that that had happened to. Yeah, I did I too. Mean, so again, this is not a new thing, but it's a real thing, and I think it's a more frequent thing now than it was. And so, so we, yeah, need, so and, we need to you, we need to be, you need to take it seriously, especially this time when everybody's trying to just erase all gender distinctions and everything else, just to say, hey, you know what? Boys and girls do need to have some private space. Yeah. You do need to keep them apart. You know, you can't just stir them all together and say, hey, they're all on the same team. They can all use the same locker rooms. They can all stay in the same hotel rooms and say, no, they should not. In fact, they need some privacy from people of their own gender, too. They shouldn't be forced to change clothes in front of each other and stuff. Yep. Also, it pays to ask your children every once in a while, you know, is there anything just bothering you? Is there anything you'd yeah. like to talk to me about? Yeah. Because you can talk to me about absolutely anything. And if they're having a hard time opening up on that, that might be a good time to take a long drive some evening when it's dark. When it's dark. And you can just, and you can both look out the windshield. Nobody can see you blush. And you can have maybe some of those conversations. Okay, let's talk about some resources. We do, because you know what? This is some, we've talked about different aspects of this, and this is just, Everything came to the front burner over this most recent case. And so yes. we wanted to talk about it and elaborate it, you know, specifically to that kind of violation of trust that we saw here with Larry Nasser. But now first we're gonna about- put these links on the show page. So go to Helen Helen slash radio mm-hmm. and you can scroll down to this show and click it'll right. be on the show page. We highly recommend that mm-hmm. you get some kind of accountability software on every internet-capable device in your home. The fact of the matter is, you know, even when we were kids, um, back before some of you were born, I'm sure, when we were kids, you could find a way to look at pornography, but you had to go out and look for it. And now it comes pouring in. It's just it's a typo away. It's two clicks of the mouse, and you're right there. And it doesn't even take a credit card for most of it. Well, and so, like the mom who so, told us her yeah. seven- and nine-year-old, yeah. Had she found porn on her seven and nine year old's Kindle and she said, mm-hmm. How'd you even know this existed? Their ten year old neighbor had showed them. So look, just do the right thing. Get some some accountability software on on your computers, on your uh your your internet capable ebook readers, your everything. music players, everything. And you know what? We've used a program called Covenant Eyes. We've for used a long it for time, many a long years. time. And it's a great program and everybody in the family can get an individual account. For one low monthly price. Yeah, unlimited and, devices, unlimited people in your family. That's right. And so look, go out to our go out to our webpage, raisingrealmen.com slash safety. Um, and that will take you immediately to Covenant Eyes. And it's also it's an affiliate link. So if you want to try this out, you can get 30 days service for free and see how well it works. And then if you subscribe, we get a little commission. Yes. Now, we also have a whole collection of articles, workshops, podcast discussions mm-hmm. that will on this topic and related topics right. of temptation and threat. And yep. go to RaisingRealMen.com slash purity to find out more. We'll mm-hmm. put that link on the show page. Yep. Also, we have a book 
for young single guys. This is the book that that somebody asked us to write. We have yes. people over and over say, do you have a book I can give my son to talk about his developing sexuality, give him some straight talk, and give him, give him biblical principles as well as the biology of it? And so... We wrote that. It's called Love, Honor, and Virtue, Gaining or Regaining a Biblical Attitude Toward Sexuality. Mm-hmm. You can hand it to your kids from 12 up into their 20s. Sure. You can read it with with your preteens, but you need to read it with them. But it's going to talk about the normal biology, but also how Satan perverts it now and how you can fight that mm-hmm. and how you can recover if you've fallen and, and how, how and to have important. healthy relationships with girls. Well, and, and that, that recovery is so important because our kids are being exposed to things before they even know what they are. 50% and so, of kids before they're 11 or 12. And and you know what? I, th- I think there's a lot of hidden guilt out there among our young people. And that's why we really emphasize, look, if you have fallen into this, okay, turn around, repent. Here's how Get to do out. it. Here's how to get clean again. And so this is a real good book. It's a short read. You just come out to our website, RaisingRealMen.com slash LHV. That's that's the, the page for that book, Love, Honor, and Virtue. You know, to all of the victims out there of Dr. Nasser, we just pray mm-hmm. that you and your parents would be healed and restored from this. And good for you for standing up and bringing it to light. Here, here. And those of you who are listening and just want to protect your own kids from this stuff, mm-hmm. be watchful. Listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to be rude. Be frank with your kids. Be sure they know what the limits are and what the boundaries are mm-hmm. and how to get help. And you know what? Trust the Lord. All right. Well, look, it's a tough topic. I appreciate you sticking around because it needed to be discussed. And we hope we gave you some encouragement, maybe some courage to confront some situations in your life. And uh, look, we hope you'll join us every week because we really want to help you take biblical principles into practical everyday family life. And so that's why we talk about making biblical family life practical. Until next week, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web? at halandmelanie.com that's h-a-l-a-n-d-m-e-l-a-n-i-e.com or follow us on social media you can find us on facebook at facebook slash halandmelanie or facebook.com slash raising real men this program is a production of the ultimate homeschool radio network join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical until then thank you and god bless you for listening